Here the old gods are dead. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Late Little Podcast. I'm Rebecca with Liam. So I'm thinking about becoming a DJ. <laughs> Aren't we all? No, but like, not like take a shot of estrogen and then become like the next Sophie sort of thing. I mean, like 90s, like disco DJ, like bad, like ladies to the dance floor kind of DJ. <laughs> It's like Cascada. Yeah, I've been really enjoying it. But yeah, anytime I do this like DJ bit, it reminds me of Alex because that was our thing. Do the Creepy Week podcast people know the lore of like, my best friend is also your ex? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Well, I think they should. It's very interesting. So that's an Easter egg for everyone. Not an Easter egg, but just... (laughs) something to know (laughs) and now you have a podcast (laughs) i know so problematic but i kind of like it oh my god it's pride have we recorded anything this month yeah sorry we are late it's like personal reasons it's not that deep but i can't say why yet i was late don't want to jinx it (laughs) i don't want to jinx it no yeah the last episode that we did was on the 7th of june and it was the master stewart worm and then I had put in the Instagram that we were going to be doing Mayor Faye content, but I got ran away with my feelings. Yeah, I got ran away with my feelings and did something else, which by the title, you already know that I was like reading about Macbeth and decided, <laughs> which is a shame because a couple of people who listen to this like messaged us on Instagram was like, I'm so excited for this. And I know. I- <laughs> and every time they messaged it, I was like, that's, Becca's problem. <laughs> like, I'm not replying. <laughs> I don't know how to let people down easy like that. Sorry about that. Well, I just, I just, well, I didn't lie. I just said that we'll be doing it at some point, which is true. But after this episode, we've got a bigger series coming out where I will be reading a book once again and potentially doing a free part series on a Scottish icon betting pool on which Scottish icon you think we're going to be talking about 
you should do a sweepstake or something yeah well I was messaging my one pound per entry (laughs) I was messaging my sister and I was like oh I'm doing a series on like a really iconic Scottish historical figure and they guessed everybody but this person they were saying some nonsense and I was like I'm not being funny but like you're gonna kick yourself when you realize who this is (laughs) yeah it's kind of glaringly obvious yeah not unrelated to previous topics that's a hit quite a big one actually a not that big, big one. one when i say big one like i i like i'm i meant what it's related to like episode wise i think one of the hits yeah. not the big hit but you're not think like if you're thinking the big hit you're thinking the wrong one but the other one <laughs> That's a good clue, actually. That is a really good clue. So speaking of DJs, um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, what would your DJ name be and what would your club night be called? And what day of the week would it take place? I think mine's would be on a Thursday. I was going to say Thursday. I love a Thursday night out. Um, Me too. Mine's is inspired by the music in the noughties like Mean Girls soundtrack, Britney Spears, Nelly Furtado, Unwritten by Natasha Bedingfield. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like that kind of music is and a lot of Kylie Minogue. And it would either be called Unwritten or That's Hot a la Paris, Paris Hilton. Hilton. But yep. that's inspired by, I think, my sister's friend or flatmate from dundee did a dj set in dundee and it was that's hot and i think that's they did hot. similar music but i'm not sure that is hot that is hot aptly named so and what would your dj name be <laughs> is tinkerbell hilton like two on the nose <laughs> rest in peace <laughs> oh. on nintendogs i had a chihuahua called tinkerbell because i used to read all my mum's take a break magazine so i was aware <laughs> in the cultural impact of tinkerbell <laughs> that is i live london oh. tipton might also be a good one london tipton that would be a good one that would it? be i would enjoy that i would go like i'd know what to expect I think that aptly describes your club night. Um, so my DJ name would be Liam FM, like all one word, but the FM stands for faggot music, and that <laughs> and that would be what I would be playing. Um, and my club night also a Thursday because hot take Thursday is the best night to go out because then you're hungover at work on Friday. Yeah, that's shit, but also you're fine by Friday night and it's kind of like having an extra day of the weekend mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you start partying early and then Saturday's over pre- like if you're going out on a Thursday it's like cheap because you're usually going to a club night of some kind like Wednesday Thursday Monday Tuesday like they're like the cheap nights mm-hmm. so like you want to go out on them because who has the money but then like it's it's like close enough to the weekend that you can let yourself lose i thought you meant liam fm as in liam fem no there's so many ways to interpret it so like also like fm like radio first minister first minister (laughs) um yeah there's so many ways to look at it but (laughs) it stands for faggot music that's the real reason (laughs) 
because that's what I would be playing. Like it's the same music you just described, point blank. My club <laughs> night would be called Breathe On Me as an homage to uh, Britney Spears' most underrated song. It's so good. She has a line in that song where she just goes, monogamy is the way to go. <laughs> but it's like Truly the, was just saying things. <laughs> but it is like the sexiest song of all time. So like, it's crazy. I love it. Um, but yeah, so like the energy would be like, you know, like dancing, like putting your hands through your hair sort of thing. Liam just danced like, um, what is that person? Who, who's that actress that plays all the Asian people? Scarlett Johansson in Marriage he Story. Just, he just does like Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> Insert Scarlett Johansson gif. Okay, that's going in the thing. Just in case anyone doesn't know. But yeah, so I think it would be fun. I would not try and mix anything at all. It would be the most horrible transitions. It would just be like going out of the audio to me saying something. Like, everybody grab your partner. This one's for the girls. <laughs> and then like putting the music back up again. <laughs> Should we? Yeah. Should we talk tragedy? That's one of the songs I would play. Tragedy. <laughs> um, this episode is gonna be about the curse of Macbeth. Work. Not the not the play of Macbeth, because imagine imagine I just like read Macbeth. That would be so embarrassing. Um, I would. I would make you is do it, the episode Is alone. it bad luck to just constantly say Macbeth on a podcast? This isn't the stage. We're not performing. I'm being fucking real. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having fun and I'm being my fucking self. This is 100% authentically me. <laughs> my voice must be echoing something awfully, by the way. Anyway, it's kind of nice. It's foreboding. It works for the for what you're about to talk about. It works for the content. Yeah. Sorry if my audio is a bit rank. I'm. I was working from home today, and I couldn't be bothered moving my laptop. So. Honestly, we're like how many years into this podcast now? If people think they're getting good audio at this point, <laughs> like you get there's no point. Semi good content, sometimes good laughs. You're not getting good audio. No, or good pronunciations. Like just accept the fact. <laughs> okay, we'll take a wee break and then we'll talk about Macbeth. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I need to tell you something about this fucking play. We're back from the break now. I need to tell you something about this fucking play. I love this fucking play. We read it for the first time. We read the kids' adaptation of it in primary six. It got uh-huh. my shit together. I was so invested in this play. I was like, she's a cunty countress. All of the women, cunty. I was obsessed. I want All of the four women. Yeah, but that's, that's, a, that's a lot by the standards of the time. I was obs- it was life-changing for me. Like, this is a very queer-coded piece of media. Not in that there's a Mm -hmm. lot of, well, there is actually a lot of queer stuff in it, but like more so just that I find queer people are drawn to it. Yeah, I played Lady Macbeth. Well, I read for Lady Macbeth when we did it in Higher English. I wanted to, but they didn't let me. Yeah, I think I say this a lot, but Shakespeare doesn't get his flowers. (laughs) (laughs) He's an excellent playwright. No one's talking about it. No one, no one is, no one has ever said that before. I talk about Shakespeare quite a lot because he's. No, this might be a hot take. Shakespeare's my favorite playwright, and probably the only playwright I can name apart from Arthur Miller. (laughs) Oh my god, another two legends in their field. Yeah, um, but I, I really, really, this is my favorite tragedy along with Othello, and then for comedies, it has to be. The twelfth night. She's the man. Standing ovation every time. Um, I like the Tempest. My mum likes the Tempest also, and I also like Midsummer Night's Dream. The amount of times in a day I will find a way to say jealous Oberon just for no fucking reason other than that's a quote I remember. <laughs> me when I say jealousy is the green-eyed monster return to Othello and you do you say that a lot you've said that to me so many times <laughs> this is an episode for annoying people who love Shakespeare <laughs> anyway so Macbeth or the tragedy of Macbeth is a tragedy by William Shakespeare thought to have first been performed in 1906 it dramatizes the damaging physical and psychological effects a political ambition on those who seek power 
Of all the plays that Shakespeare wrote during the reign of James I and VI, Macbeth clearly reflects his relationship with King James, patron of Shakespeare's acting company. So Shakespeare's source for the story is the account of Macbeth, King of Scotland, Macduff and Duncan and Holland Shed's Chronicles, a history of England, Scotland and Ireland, familiar to Shakespeare and his contemporaries, although the events in the play differ extensively for the history of the real Macbeth. So literally he took the names the name. and then changed fucking everything. Yeah, he wasn't like uh he wasn't like the bloodshedding monster that he is. Like he was just another king. <laughs> yeah, for a short period of time. So basically why Shakespeare took these characters and told a totally different story as basically to reflect in subtext what his thoughts were about King James being crowned the King of England. I'll get into that, but basically the plot of Macbeth is about an ambitious Scottish general named Macbeth receives a prophecy of three witches that one day he will become the King of Scotland. He then becomes consumed by ambition and is kind of encouraged by his wife to murder the king at the time, who's called Duncan. And because he's such a powerful general, he is chosen by the fanes of Scotland to become the next king. And then he quickly becomes plagued by guilt and paranoia and is forced to commit mere and mere murders to protect himself from any suspicion. And then he becomes a tyrannical ruler. And he basically just, him and his wife both go totally mental. There's ghosts, there's hallucinations, there's voices in one's head. Oh, it's It's so fucking ridiculous. I love it. (laughs) There's every, like, because... You could have had either the voices in the head, the hallucinations, or the ghosts. You didn't need all of, like, these apparitions, but, like, he put all, like, it's so, (laughs) it's so silly, and I love it. (laughs) Oh, he was ahead of his time. You know what? I'm going to say it. Shakespeare's pretty good. (laughs) Actually, this is a good episode for Pride. Shakespeare's gay. Oh, yeah. Big time. Or if you... If you have ever watched um, Saint, wait, is it Trinians or Ninians? Saint Trinians too. Yeah, Saint, Saint Trinians too. Fritton's Gold. Shakespeare was actually a girl. Love. So a major source for the play comes from. Can you guess? Macbeth. Demonology oh. <laughs> by King James the First, which was published in fifteen ninety seven. So this is nine years before. <laughs> the publication in Macbeth. So Wait, if we cast our minds back... Our two Pride Month episodes, like the past two, are like connected. Everything's connected. It's all about <laughs> James the Sith. It always is, and it's always about Mary Queen of Scots, <laughs> as you'll see. Um, Demonology is a pamphlet published by King James the Sixth, which details the infamous North Berwick witch trials of 1590. The publication of Demonology was only a few years before Macbeth, with the themes and setting in a direct and comparative contrast with King James' personal obsessions with witchcraft, which he developed following his trip in stormy weather from Denmark to Scotland. And he believed that this storm was the work of witches. The women under trial in North Berwick confessed under torture to attempt to raise a tempest and sabotage the boat King James and his queen were on board. In Shakespeare's play, the three witches that like prophesied to Macbeth are discussing raising 
wins at sea in the opening lines of Act One, Scene Three. So you can already see that he's kind of like used <laughs> demonology as a source, and like he's basically he basically writes this play to like get King it's, James's attention. It's a diss track. This whole play is a diss track. Like, well, it's a hit piece. Kind of. It kind of isn't it? Like he's using the fictional events he's played to re- reflect like real life tensions. A James Stewart succeeding Elizabeth the first. So like when James becomes king of England, many people doubt that this was the right choice because James is a Scottish king and he's the son of Mary Queen of Scots, who's a staunch Catholic and English traitor. Queen. I've got a quote for a historian Robert Crawford. Quote, Macbeth was a play for post-Elizabethan England facing up to what it meant to have a Scottish king. England seems comparatively benign, whilst its northern neighbours is mired in a bloody monarch-killing past. Macbeth may have been set in medieval Scotland, but it is filled with material of interest to England and England's ruler. And then another critic at the time argues that the aspect of the play with the Fanes apparently choosing their king, so when Duncan is murdered and the Fanes select Macbeth, this was a reference to the Stuart claim to the English throne and the attempts that Parliament took to block the succession in Mary, Queen of Scots, from succeeding to the English throne. So they they selected James mm-hmm. rather than the actual heir to the throne, yeah. who was Mary, Queen of Scots. So through this, Shakespeare is implying that, like through Macbeth, he's implying that James was indeed the rightful king of England, but owed his throne not to divine favour, which is what James would have had because he was a massive believer in the divine right of kings. But it was actually down to the willingness of the English parliament to accept the Protestant son of the Catholic Mary as their king rather than Mary. Yeah, isn't it kind of beautiful that, um, no matter what era we're in, artists are using their art for political commentary that they can't otherwise express, um, lest they be like beheaded or something. Yeah, I kind of that's kind I of wonder, sick. Because, like James, just like Elizabeth I was was a patron to William Shakespeare and like gave gave him money to like basically fund the arts, and I wonder because. Obviously, James is not stupid. Do you think he ever watched a play in Macbeth and went or, and like realized like the subtext? Hey, because that's me. <laughs> I, there, he's not like obviously like he's made Macbeth to be a murderer, but like that aside, he's saying that like Macbeth has been rightfully selected, and so has James. Yeah. So like, it's not necessarily a diss. Yeah, but it's very divisive. It's very um you could either you could take it one I, I like it because like with the context of the times it was like released in you could take it either way there's critique of both sides it's very balanced argument yeah it does drag james a little like it also like it, it makes him seem like a dum-dum but <laughs> <laughs> like um, otherwise politically it's like very just i like when like artists or writers like criticize politicians i love it in fact we should do it more you should do it Mm -hmm. say something bad about a politician right now becca's top says tories kill (laughs) (laughs) again this is an audio format so it's not like i'm making a big statement (laughs) (laughs) so 
that's a summary of the themes of Macbeth. Um, but let's get into why we're actually talking about this. So in the backstages of theatres around the world, Macbeth is referred to by actors, directors and stagehands by the euphemisms the Scottish play or the Bard's play, as it is thought that the, speaking the name Macbeth inside a theatre, other than it is called for in the script while rehearsing or performing, will cause disaster. The episode of The Simpsons where they go to the UK. Okay. <laughs> I'm literally going to be talking about that at the end, so shut up. <laughs> that was going to be in your part. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so the traditional origin of this course is said to be when the play first came out, a real coven of witches were angry at Shakespeare for like slandering witches and using a real spell in his play. <laughs> One hypothesis is that they like literally put a spell on the play and cursed it I love forevermore. That. Oh my god, I love that. One more realistic hypothesis is that Macbeth, because it was a popular play, would be put on in theatres that were experiencing financial trouble so that they could make profit through putting on Macbeth but obviously the theatres are run down they're understaffed tragedy unfolds and then also these like if it doesn't hit or people don't come to see it they're also poor theatres so then like your whole business implodes so that's kind of unlucky I guess yeah the most notorious disaster related to the play is the Astor Palace riot Astor Palace was a theatre in Manhattan which had two notorious actors who played Shakespearean roles, American actor Edwin Forrest and English actor William Charles McCready. <laughs> so the genesis of the riot is thought to have been a disagreement between these two on who was the best at playing the major Shakespearean characters. <laughs> During the argument, the word Macbeth, it was obviously called out because one of them's like, well, I was better than Macbeth. And they're arguing in a theatre and therefore a fight breaks out between the two actors. And then this spreads into the crowds and a riot ensues. Everybody attended the theatre at this time and it was entertainment for everybody. So you'd have rich people in the boxes and then in the stalls you'd have the poors. So as there were many different classes and groups, so there were immigrants, fae everywhere, because it's Manhattan, mm. there's Irish people, Italian people, um, people, fae, Mexico, Holland. Spain, Holland, Germany, everywhere. Um, so this riot inside the theatre essentially becomes a mini class and race war. Between 22 and 31 rioters died and more than 120 people were injured. It was the deadliest to that date was the deadliest number of civic disturbances in Manhattan, which and it generally pitted immigrants and nativists against each other and together against the wealthy who controlled the city's police and state militia. It was the most numbers to death outside of the Civil War. I want to say that Astor Palace, because this might be a little bit topical at the moment, Astor Palace, I'm pretty sure, is named after like a really rich family from Manhattan. And I'm pretty sure John Jacob Astor was a passenger on the Titanic. Titanic. Oh my right? God. I think so. Yeah. Because, yeah, because. I mean, Titanic's been in the news recently. <laughs> yeah. 
every time I go into work and people are like, did you hear about that? I'm like, who fucking didn't hear about it? What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean did you hear about that? Breeze. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to get into it, but just thought that would be a fun way. That is very topical. Um, so there are more mishaps related to Macbeth. The Oldham Coliseum in Greater Manchester is said to be one of the most haunted theatres in England. And in 1947, actor Harold Norman, who was a non-superstitious actor, refused to follow theatrical tradition when it came to the Scottish play. And he died three weeks after being stabbed by a sword whilst performing the title character, A Macbeth. Stabbed during a scene? With a sword? Yeah, for the gut. I don't know why they were using like swords that were like sharp enough to maim. He wanted him gone. He's like, well, he's not superstitious enough. I'll show him. <laughs> I'll show <laughs> I'll you. Give him be, I'll give him something to be superstitious <laughs> of it. And then on the 2nd of December 1964, a fire burned down the Di Maria National Theatre in Lisbon, Portugal. Lisbon, happy pride. Love is love. Love is love. Lisbon. <laughs> Can you guess the play that was on the title play in this theater? Hairspray. <laughs> it was Guys and Dolls. <laughs> all my sons, all my sons, final answer, all my sons. <laughs> so, this is my favorite one. Ari Aster, writer and director of Hereditary, said that during filming, Alex Wolfe told him not to say the name of William Shakespeare's Scottish play out loud because he's some superstitious fear or legend. And Ari Aster smugly announced the name and then one of the lights burst during the shooting of the following scene. I would have, like, thrown something at it. Oh, no, wait, this is my favourite one. This is my favourite one. At the... <laughs> I can't even say it. I gave you this one to read because I knew you'd love it. At the 94th Academy Awards, Chris Rock congratulated Denzel Washington no. on his performance in the no. tragedy of Macbeth, <laughs> saying the name of the Scottish play aloud in the Dolby Theatre. <laughs> I know where this is going. I know where this is going. Moments later, Rock was slapped by Will Smith <laughs> after... Wait, that's crazy. Uh, Will Smith, after making a joke about Smith's wife, Jada Pinkett Smith, viewers quickly went to social media to joke that Rock had suffered from the curse of the Scottish <laughs> So stupid. Anyway, I, I mean, theatres and like actors who work in the theatre, like they're quite superstitious anyway, can like break a leg kind of things so there's cleansing rituals today with the play uh, when the name Macbeth is spoken in a theatre tradition requires that the person who spoke it to leave perform traditional cleansing rituals and then be invited back into the theatre the rituals are supposed to ward off evil that are in the play's name is feared to bring on so if it is a curse that's come through witches this ritual can kind of ward off the evil the rituals include running out of the theatre turning round three times in a circle, spitting over one's left shoulder, swearing or reciting a line from another one of Shakespeare's play. Popular lines for this purpose include angels and ministers of grace defend us from Hamlet. And then 
a more elaborate cleansing ritual involves leaving the theater. There's a more <laughs> elaborate one? That was pretty elaborate. Well, this one is also kind of similar in that it involves leaving the theater, spinning around, brushing oneself off. So from head to toe, brushing yourself off and saying Macbeth three times and then running running back to the theater door, banging on it and being invited back into the theater. Some production groups insist that the offender may not re-enter the theater until invited to do so, like a vampire, and therefore making it easy to punish frequent offenders by leaving them outside. The cleansing rituals have been parodied numerous times in popular culture, including in The Simpsons. Would you like to explain? (laughs) (laughs) There's the episode of The Simpsons where they go to London. Is it Ian McKellen is playing Macbeth in Macbeth, and then they all keep saying Macbeth, and like the sign falls on him, and (laughs) there are so many things that happen, but then Marge goes, stop saying Macbeth. (laughs) And then he gets hit again, and then she goes. <laughs> I think like lightning strikes him right, and like the mark, yeah, like twice. Yeah, so the mark falls for the sign above the stage, and then it just leaves yeah. Beth up there. Yeah, um, that is basically the course of the Scottish play. But upon my research for this, basically the intro for this, I got the wikipedia and then like loads of different stuff was gathered for like different articles about the scottish play but at the bottom of the wikipedia article for the scottish play or the curse of Macbeth, was a link that is called the curse of scotland and i had never heard of this before so this is another Scottish curse. The Curse of Scotland is a nickname used for the Niney Diamonds, the playing card. The expression has been used at least since the early 18th century, and many explanations have been given to the origins of the nickname for the card. Have you ever heard this? Literally never once in my life. So, But I will be taking that to every card game I go to from now on. One explanation for this name is that it comes from a proverb. Quote, for Scotland's kings for many ages were observed, each ninth to be a tyrant, who by civil war and all fatal consequences of intestine discord, plunging the divided kingdom into strange disorders. So it's basically like for every ninth king, like the ninth one is a tyrant. I couldn't be arsed going to check, but I love the proverb. Other theories are that King James IV lost the nine diamonds from his pack of cards before the Battle of Flodden. So basically, before the Battle of Flodden, he's in a tizzy because he's lost the nine for his pack of cards, and he's basically going to be late to the Battle of Flodden, which he famously loses. Yeah, bad. <laughs> Another one is that the butcher of Cumberland wrote his orders for no Jacobites to be taken alive after Clodden on the Nine of Diamonds. And there's another theory for that the Butchery Cumberland actually wrote the names of the Jacobites he wanted left alive so that he can interrogate them on a Nine of Diamonds. Another one is that the villain of the massacre of Glencoe, Lord John Dalrymple, had nine red diamonds on his coat of arms. Did we do that one already? Glencoe. The Glencoe massacre? 
No, but we should. We've alluded to it in like literally every episode. Yeah, I know. We should probably do it soon. I mean, this happened after um this after we do this big series. I probably will look at Dane Clawden and therefore the like the massacre at Glencoe. It's the right thing to do. It is the right thing to do. It's not the fun thing to do, but it's the right thing to do. Yeah. No laughter in those episodes. Anyway, so this is the last and my favourite explanation for why the Nine of Diamonds is called the Curse of Scotland. So, Mary de Guise introduced the famous <gasps> French card game Comet, or Comet, <laughs> to Scotland, in which the winning card is the Nine of Diamonds resulting in many of the Scottish nobility betting against the Nine of Diamonds and losing money. Therefore, the Nine of Diamonds was called the Curse of Scotland. Love, I love that. that one's the best yeah. one. <laughs> I got chills. <laughs> oh, and it all comes back to Mary. How nice. I know. So that's two different Scottish curses. We'll see if um, the Scottish play curse works on podcasts when this one flops. <laughs> We didn't need a curse for it. Well, when I go um, back and listen to my audio and it's like unusable. It's ooh. <laughs> ooh. <laughs> that was really fun. I'm glad that you covered it all because you told it really well. Oh, thanks, Liam. Um, you know how I always tell the story about how I was on the train when I was like three years old and I saw witches yes I always tell that story yeah I pulled the emergency stop when I was three because I said I saw witches outside um yeah so between Forrest and Brody which is like like of Brody country fair fame if you've ever been you know the food is fucking real (laughs) oh my god it's so good it's such a granny place because everything costs so much and it's all like highland cows sort of I digress. Anyway, it's it's supposed that like in forests is the place where the three witches were told uh, Macbeth's fate and how he would die. Um, and it's on a mound known as Macbeth's hillock, which hillock just means like small hill, mm-hmm. which I just find I just love that it's connected to like like right near where I'm from. Like my grand my granda is like from there. Mm-hmm. That's real. And it's also like, like Macbeth is. You had a vision. Yeah. At three years old, I wasn't even sentient yet, so it was real. <laughs> so Shakespeare was a prophet. He was an Oshadamus. Yes. But gay. The gay Oshadamus. So Nostradamus. Nostradamus. <laughs> <laughs> No, I like that story. Feel free to repeat it whenever you want. <laughs> I will. I will. I, I will. tell everyone all the time. I'm like, by the way, just so you know, witches are real. I think you told that in your in the Tam O'Shanter episode. I told it in Tam O'Shanter episode. I told it in the Superstitions episode. I told it in probably Mary Queen of Scots. <laughs> I told it in the Witches episode. Uh, anyway, <laughs> this has been the Creepy Wee Podcast. If you want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Instagram at the Creepy Wee Podcast, Twitter at the Creepy Wee Pod. Our website is the Creepy Wee Podcast.co.uk. Review us, give us five stars. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.